we thank you so much for having joined us today. We want to bless you. Uh, I'm looking around the sanctuary here, and uh, boy, we have just technical workers. I want you to know, it's very important that you know, that we're not violating the rules that our uh, civil uh, authorities have given to us because they are not showing in any way that they are against us. And what they have done is they have done it for the social good, the public good. And we want to be found in step doing things for the public good. That's why we, that's one of the reasons rather, we exist as the people of God. We are called by God himself, uh, the salt of the earth. We are called the light of the world. Now, maybe there are some people in your sphere and your surroundings who do not accept that. Nevertheless, it's the truth. And so we, what we want to do is find ourselves in accord with that. We don't want to uh, ex express or practice presumption. And uh, presumption, we know, is not faith. So we don't want to practice presumption by saying, oh, if, if somebody gets coronavirus, God can heal them. I believe that God can heal them. We don't want to take that posture at all. That is not the posture that the Lord would have us take in this hour. But we want to cooperate with them, and we want to let all government officials know that, that uh, there's no harm in the church, that the church is, is a good agency in the world, a, a good, an agency for good and not evil. So I would like to encourage all of my brothers and sisters, pastors and leaders, bishops and so forth, around the world even, to let's cooperate with those officials who are doing this for the public good. And so here in our own city of Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, we are doing uh, various things. Like for example, here in the church today, we have myself, a few t praise team members, and you saw how scattered they were because we are, we are obeying the uh, the order to practice social distance, and we are keeping ourselves six feet apart, 10 feet apart, you know, 12 feet apart or whatever, and uh, we're doing those kinds of things to make sure that we do our part. Nevertheless, the Bible says that, that uh, and Jesus tells us that it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, all people. And so what we want to do, uh, again, before we continue in our message today, we want to pray. We want to pray again because the scripture says we ought to always pray. pray. Men ought to always pray, listen, and never lose heart. So always pray and never give up, never quit. It doesn't matter. I said to someone recently as I traveled an, into a, a very dangerous area of the world, and uh, somebody was asking me, several people actually, uh, why are you going? I said, because Jesus wants me to go. Uh, he has shown me in m many ways that he wants me to go. And uh, they were thinking, well, sometimes you have to be, I heard at least one person say, sometimes, you know, we have to like use our head. And my thinking is, I do use my head, but my head follows the word of God. My head and my heart follow. I follow after God hard with my heart, and then my head will follow that, the, the Holy Spirit who is leading me uh, to do various things. And so I, I, I want you to know that we prayed before we went, we prayed after uh, we came back. And I want to just pray for you again, those who are sick among us, those who are sick from our congregation in various ways, dealing with cert, uh, certain illnesses. Uh, we don't know of anyone who has coronavirus, but we do know of those who are sick in various ways. So let us pray now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray for those in our congregation, right there in their homes, wherever they are. We pray for them, and we ask you to, to heal them. We ask you to make them well. 
We ask you to strengthen them. We ask you to encourage them in every way through, the G- through Jesus Christ, through the name of Jesus Christ. So we speak to the illness and we command it to cease and desist. We, we speak to their hearts and we say, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We give you glory through Jesus Christ, Father. Amen. Amen. Again, so I want to just talk a bit today with you from a subject, the power of an endless life or an indestructible life. Uh, We want to look at Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 12. Matthew 24, 4 through 12. said, Jesus said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. So during this time period, I, I thought it was appropriate to speak courage to you and I want to speak courage to you and into you so that you are not wavering at all, uh, no matter where you are. Jesus says, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So they will come in, in the name of the Lord saying that they speak for Christ. They will come in the name of the Lord saying, uh, uh, God told me such and such. And some of these things can be very outlandish. They are just not at all, any, uh, at all consistent with the word of God. And we want to make sure that you are not deceived uh, at, at all. Jesus says in verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. So, so then we have to speak to ourselves and say, okay, self, listen to the word of God. I will see that I am not troubled. And you and I are not so easily troubled when we follow the Holy Spirit and adhere to the word of God. So not opinion, but the word of God. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now this gives us more information. And sometimes we say, all right, this is not just information. Good information is good. Bad information is bad. But we're not talking about facts just for the sake of facts. We're saying this is very good uh, information. This informs you. This takes root in you. Listen to what he says. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I want to just say, say briefly here that it is always interesting to me, and it has been interesting to me for quite some time, how people can say, we would like for you to come and pray in this, uh, over this public event, but we don't want you to mention the name Jesus. Haven't you ever thought about that? Why do they say, we don't want you to mention the name Jesus? His name is too controversial. Well, his name is the only name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. You can't be saved any other way. And it is in his name and through his name that healing comes, deliverance comes, etc. So it, is, it astounds me to say that the world system, not just people who are unsaved, but the world system says, don't mention that name. I believe it is because there is an evil being behind the world system, and I want you to be encouraged regardless of that. Don't, be, don't panic. Don't be fearful at all. Now, now, notice what he says. 
they will deliver you up, kill you, and be, you'll be hated by all nations because of the name Jesus, because we are Jesus' people. And I'm going to ask you, never give up on that. Because Jesus doesn't do what you want him to do immediately does not mean that he is not Jesus, does not mean he is not God, does not mean he is not in control. You see, Jesus Christ uh, was hanging on the cross, the Bible tells us, from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. There were people, even priests, priests, can you imagine that? These were the people of God, even they were taunting him. So don't be caught up in, in this fervor. Don't be caught up into in panic. Don't be caught up into those things. Even the priest reviled him and said, well, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Prove, prove to us. Well, who are we to be proved to? You know, Jesus died being in charge of his own execution. And uh, he said, uh, it is for this name that you will be uh, reviled. You will be persecuted. And he says, and then... When people are, are murdered for the name of Jesus, some people will be offended because, because they called on Jesus and Jesus didn't do what they wanted him to do. The priest there come down from the cross. He didn't do it, although he was in charge. You know, I know if, if, if you or I were, were, were Jesus, we would have come down to show him, you know. But no, Jesus did not do that. Uh, what I'm saying is there will be many strange things going on around us but don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. But he, this is what Jesus warns us about in verse 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. When you and I uh, find offense in the fact that God didn't do what we thought he should do, we become offended and, and a root of bitterness grows in us. He said, and what will result is that we will betray one another. Wow, so we have to be careful about that. So, you know, when, Jesus, when you have a loved one who's sick and that loved one doesn't get well like you wanted them to get well, you wanted them to get well on this side rather than on the other side, and they died and you, now you're angry with God? Jesus, I thought you were God. Yes, he is God, whether you thought he was or not. And because he didn't do what you and I, or I thought he should do doesn't make him less God. And so you have to be careful uh, when there are distressful times. The Bible teaches us to be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious for anything. But, but in all things, by prayer uh, and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. Let them be made known to God. And then the Bible says, and the peace of God, which goes beyond, transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And so you have to trust God no matter what, because he knows everything. He knows why that loved one is not here today. Then the Bible says in verse 11, then after these things, people start to betray one another. In other words, there's pandemonium everywhere. There is mistrust, distrust everywhere. He says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So what false prophets do, they look for an opportunity and they seize it. They look upon you going, being scattered. You running away from God. You're a perfect prey. Because when you run away from God, then you are alone. You've gone to a place where now you're perfect picking. I was, uh, several times I've been in Africa, I love Africa, uh, and I, I was there and I saw uh, on a game reserve how the, the, the uh, impala, the little, like a little deer, they were just jumping up and down and jumping up and down and jumping up and down, and the, the, the tour guide said, you know why they're jumping up and down? I had no idea. 
He said, they want the lions to know that they are healthy. And that's why they're jumping up and down. She said, because the lions are out there in the bush. You don't see them, but they are watching and they're looking for a weak one that they can separate from the herd. And say, so those young impalas are just jumping up and down saying, buddy, if you come after me, you're going to be in a foot race. And so that's why I encourage people to clap their hands, to lift their hands to God, to worship God through Jesus Christ. Then this is what we should do even more today. I, I never dreamed that I would live in the day when we would not be able to have church because of a pestilence. Yes, I read it in the Bible. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it was coming in 2020. But 2020 is as good a time as it, uh, for it to come as any. But now, are you now lethargic, drowsy? Are you weighed down with with suffering? Have you now rethought decisions you've made and I'm in this place and feeling sorry for yourself? Don't feel sorry for yourself. You should rejoice in God because the one who holds your soul has an indestructible life. He has the power of an indestructible life. Now, now listen, but, but let me finish this. In verse 11, many false prophets will rise up and they'll take advantage of your dismay. They'll take advantage of you losing heart. They'll take advantage of your bitterness. They'll take advantage of you uh, walking away from the people of God. And so just like the lions are, are looking, the Bible teaches us that, that Satan, the devil, is like a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. So, so when the devil sees you, let, let him see you rejoicing, going, hey, I believe in Jesus. I trust Jesus. I trust God. It doesn't matter what happens. I know he's got me. See, Jesus doesn't only, as the young people say, hey, I got your back. Jesus doesn't only have your back. He has your front. He has your right side. He has your left side. He's above you. He's even below you. Jesus has you encapsulated. And you have to understand that when you're going through, through difficulties. I've said recently, uh, quite often, that we are not made in the midst of crises. We are not made in the midst of crises. We are revealed in crises. Who you are in crises is who you are. So if you find that you, today that you are, uh, are in a state of panic, don't say, well, I don't believe, Pastor. You know, that proves my point. That proves my point. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, now the Bible says in verse 12, this is a, a verse that has been chilling to me. This is one, one cold verse in verse 12. It says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Because lawlessness will abound. Sin is lawlessness. So it's, a, it, it, it's an an uptick of sin. It's, it's like ten, a sin being more pervasive, you know, uh, being more uh, uh, expressed, being expressed more. And so he says, and because the lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I used to say to the Lord, Lord, don't let me grow cold. Help me keep my heart tender and pliable. During stressful times, many voices will rise saying so many things, various things. And so I'm saying to you in the audience, those who are part of this fellowship and those who are out there part of other churches, be discerning. Be discerning. Allow the Holy Spirit to cause you to know things you perhaps wouldn't have known otherwise. 
Too many of these voices are the voice of the deceiver. So whenever there are hard times, the enemy, Satan, uses these hard times as an opportunity to deceive. Whenever things aren't going well in your life, the, the enemy is, is that lion who's looking to pounce on you to destroy you, to bring destruction to your life. Whenever there are hard times, the enemy is looking for an opportunity to deceive. Difficulties, chaos, distress, confusion, strife are fertile ground for deception. These things are fertile ground for deception. Coronavirus is a fertile ground for deception. I want you to understand, because many people are saying things that are not true. They go on the internet and they just lie. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor and I wasn't allowed to use that word when I was a boy growing up. We, we couldn't say somebody lied. You know, if one of my brothers told a, a fib, I couldn't say he lied. I'd have to say, Dad, he told a story. And Dad knew what I meant. But these guys aren't telling stories. They're just outright lying. And you don't want to be deceived. Even if he wears a clergy collar, you don't want to be deceived. We must be consistent with the word of God. So I want you to know that Jesus, the one who has the power of an indestructible life, that is, he cannot die because it is appointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. So Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. And because he has this, this ability that comes with an indestructible life, he cares for you. He doesn't have to go to sleep never gets tired. Yeah, he's awake all the time. And whatever decision he makes, I promise you, the Word of God promises you. We have a 4,000-year a history of, of, of Scripture from Abraham to Christ, from Christ now. We have, even beyond that, we have this history that God is faithful, that God loves you, that whatever he allows, he allows for a purpose and with a purpose. And even when bad things happen, God is able to extract good from them. There are many of you in this audience today that you never realized how much you needed the body of Christ till now. I, I learned that a number of years ago, decades ago, when we lived in the Middle East. I've told you before that I wept for Christian fellowship. I literally cried because I missed Christian discipleship and fellowship. And so... You, these things are, are things that are happening, but Jesus is in charge. The Paul, Paul said to the uh, Ephesian elders uh, in Acts chapter 20, he said, um, from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things. Wow. To draw away the disciples after themselves. So there, there are people who say that they are men of God or women of God, and they're just waiting on an opportunity to grow their congregation. So all kinds of things will happen. Now, I warn you, uh, and I want to warn you, that don't say, well, I thought that was the church. Well, we are the church, but there's a visible church, and then there's an invisible church. And we want you to know that there are, everybody doesn't have pure motives. But you, if you're in your Bible, and if you're going to a Bible-believing, a Bible-teaching church, you will know that these things. You will know these things. And then Paul tells Timothy also, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 13 and 14, he says, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. Listen, deceiving and being deceived. So he says, evil men will deceive and they will be deceived. So you and I are not evil. We're not going to be deceived. We're in Christ. We're not going to be deceived. But he says to Timoth uh, Timothy, 
but you must continue in the things which you have learned and be been assured of. So I'm saying all of you who are from the fellowship here, you know what you have learned, you know what you have heard, you know what you have been assured of. Now Paul goes on to say, knowing from whom you have learned them. So that's why a, a, being in a good church family is important because you'll know uh, the people around you, you'll know the word of God, you will know uh, also from whom you have learned these truths of God. Because I want to say that my heart is always directed, uh, has always directed you, my heart is always to direct you, uh, not toward a ministry, not toward a personality, but to Jesus alone. It's been my heart. I, I don't try to gather you around me. I want to gather you in a place so that you will concentrate on Jesus Christ. That's why we keep everything um, uh, so Christ-focused. So Christ-focused. Um, in Luke chapter 21, uh, I, wa I want to read um, uh, maybe toward the last of Luke. Tw uh, he says, maybe verse 28, he says, Now when you see these things happen, the things I read from Matthew 24, he says, Now when, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption draws near. I believe that Jesus is closer to coming than ever before, and I want him to come. To whom shall then you look? Jesus. To what shall we look? His coming. That's what we should look for. So recognize that, that not because there's a coronavirus, uh, or do we believe the world is, is coming to an end, but we are saying that Jesus' is coming is nearer, not because of one uh, in, uh, thing or another thing, uh, one calamity or another calamity, but because of the conglomeration of all of these things. And that's what we're looking for. They're all happening at the same time. Now listen to what the scripture uh, says. Look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. reminded us that the arc of the, he said the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. What a great statement. That is so true. But I want to say to us today that the arc of God's love, God's grace, mercy, goodness, kindness, patience, and long-suffering always bends toward Christ. It's always Christ. So whenever you need any of these, the love of God, the grace of God, mercy, kindness, patience, long-suffering, whatever you need, it is through Christ. That's where it comes from, through Christ. So God's dealings with us, with man, his instructions, his corrections, his requirements are all centered in Jesus Christ. Even in this present crisis, the answer is Christ. I, I know somebody might would say to me, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you get a coronavirus, you're going to need some medicine. No, man, you need Jesus because it is even Jesus that causes the, the, the ventilators to work. It's Jesus that causes the medicines to work. It is Jesus Christ who, who keeps the electricity on. All he has to do is just remove his hand a little bit and you will see what chaos is able to do with you. You will see that. Let me talk a little bit about Jesus Christ because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 16 that Jesus Christ has come not according to the law of fleshly commandments but according to the power of an endless life or an indestructible life. So what he's saying is that Jesus did not come 
through anything uh, of man. It's not a fleshly commandment, do this, don't do that, what are you doing over there? No, no. So it's an endless life. So that's one of the reasons we have great confidence is that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. And so I have this confidence, I have this witness, and many of you in the audience here uh, have this witness. Many of you have this witness that Jesus has this power of an endless life. What does that mean? It means his life is indissoluble. That means you cannot dissolve Jesus' life. There's nothing you can do to extinguish his life. His life is permanent. Nothing can extinguish it. It's indestructible. That means it's not able to be destroyed. It is incapable of being dissolved. It's a permanent life. And so he comes with the power of an endless life or through the power of an endless life. And what does that mean? It means that Jesus' life itself, he himself, is miraculous power. It's not like Jesus performs something called a miracle. He is the logos of God, that is the word of God, the thoughts of God, the reality of God. He is God, and he himself, his being, is miraculous. And so that's where miracles come. They don't come because there's some bucket of miracles in heaven. They come because Jesus is, is God, and he is the one through whom the Father blesses us mightily, abundantly. So power means also ability, it means uh, abundance, it means strength, it means might, it means wonder, wondrous workings. Wow. So that means that you and I have now a great ability, a great ability to see the workings of God. And already we have prayed for, for people who have been getting better and better and better, who were at the very threshold of death, and they have been pulled back. Wow. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a couple of more things, and I, I want to sort of get to what was the main point of my message. You know, all of it is, is central, all of it is integral, is important, it's indispensable. But I wanted to tell you about a man named Melchizedek. But I'll give you a, just a little tidbit of it, and maybe I'll tell you the next time more about him. See, the Bible tells us a story of a priest, this Melchizedek, who lived in Abraham's lifetime. He was a type of Christ. He was like somebody in the Old Testament before Jesus came that prefigured Jesus. And, and so the story is really, uh, it's not too complicated, but you have to listen to it very carefully. It's not too complicated. Um, but by listening carefully, you'll see how painstakingly careful God has been uh, in planning uh, salvation for us, planning a successful uh, Christ-filled life for us, who has made a way for us where there's no way. He has set Christ forth to be the solution to every problem we will ever have. It's just simply amazing. And he showed it to his people, uh, Abraham, the Jewish people. He showed it to them uh, thousands of years ago. Two, thousands of years ago, uh, he showed it to Abraham. And he called Ab uh, this man Melchizedek, who was called the king of Salem. He was a priest of the Most High God. That's in Hebrews chapter 7, verses uh, 1 through 3. He was uh, a priest of the Most High God. He met Abraham when Abraham had gone out on uh, fighting to rescue his nephew Lot, and he met him. And so Abraham took a, a tenth of everything he had gained from defeating those kings, and he gave this man Melchizedek, this priest, a tenth of everything. He gave him a tithe of everything. And uh, this man, Melchizedek's name, means king of righteousness and also king of peace. And so that's 
And so Jesus is king of righteousness. He is God's righteousness revealed to us. He is God's peace uh, given to us. And the Bible says in verse 3 of Hebrews 7 that, that Melchizedek is without father or mother or genealogy and having n neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. And so this figure, uh, Melchizedek, it, it, we don't have a record of his father or his mother. So in typology or in uh, an example of who Christ is, this man seems to be um, eternal because we don't have a, ge a genealogical record of him. And so this is the, the kind of priest that Jesus is. Um, in verse 15 uh, of, uh, of this chapter, verse 16, it says, uh, Jesus has come, not according to the law of fleshly commandments, but according to the power of an endless life. Now, this is the New King James Version who says it like that. The, the, the English Standard Version says it a bit differently, the same thought, but I think it's even a bit clearer. It says, who Jesus, who has become a priest, not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning uh, bodily descent or, or my daddy was this, therefore I'm that. He says, but he came by the power of an indestructible life. So you ask yourself, why would we believe so much in this Jesus during this time when people are dying around us? This is what we know, that if, if we die, we live. We know that. Those of us who are in Christ, uh, we die, we live immediately. We're not, we don't experience death like men experienced before Jesus came. This is why we have confidence during this time. And this is why we can obey the authorities knowing that here in America, they're not trying to keep us from worshiping. They're, they're doing this for the public good. And so Jesus comes, number one, by the force, by the force of an endless life, by the ability of an endless life, by the might and the strength of an endless life. And so based on who Jesus is, we can safely say to you in our audience, no weapon formed against you can prosper. That God will always lead you in triumph. That he, Jesus, who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We can say that God has given you right now, the believer who lives in a mortal body, he has given you eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the, the Son has life. We can assure you of that. We can say, he who does not have the Son does not have life. The eternal God, we can say, is your refuge. From Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. The eternal God is your refuge. So you have refuge and or safety in Christ. The eternal God, Jesus, is the eternal God. He is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Therefore, you and I can say, in the midst of this difficulty, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can say Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. We can say that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in, in Christ. Therefore, we conclude that everything we need to solve any problem is in Christ. Paul says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply all your need, not some of your need, not most of your need, but all of your need. Let me, let me read for you 
as I draw near close. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 of chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. Let me read a few of these verses. He says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot enter or inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the perishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. We will not all have death, a bodily death. But we will all be changed in a flash, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, that our bodies. And we will be changed, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable. And the mortal with the immortal, immortality. With the perish, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But, thanks be to God, but, thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He says to us, in verse 58, he concludes, Therefore, as a result of what I've just read, as a result of what I've preached to you today, he says to you, don't you tremble, don't you be afraid. Therefore, my, de my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know, not you wonder, but you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know it's not empty. It's not wasted. All that you have believed and all that you have trusted, don't give up now. Don't throw it away now. And all the more, we, when we see that day approaching, he's a mighty God. He's amazing God. I want you, wherever you are, to know that we love you. We prayed for the sick among us. We prayed for even those who may be fearful among us. And I'm going to say, I've not always been as I am today. I've told you stories about my childhood and how my dad would say to me, don't be afraid, son. Sometimes he would say, don't be scared, son. He would say that to me, but I was still afraid. But those words were in me and they took root. And today I can say I'm not afraid. For I know whom I believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep everything that I've committed to him against that day. And you can be encouraged as well. So wherever you are, we love you. Sister Marva and I love you. The elders here and I love you. We love you. And we want you to know that we love you. So my wife sends her love to you. I give you my love. These members, we love each other. And if you're in this audience and you have not been, been saved, you're not giving your heart to Jesus, I want you right now to say these words. Jesus, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Save me today. Save me from my fear. The psalmist says, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all of his fear. 
God can deliver you through Jesus from the fear. He will not deliver you outside of Jesus, for Jesus is the place of deliverance for you. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. Don't be distracted today. Be encouraged. Don't be fearful today. Be encouraged today. Now I want, I want you in your homes, in your vehicles. Now if you're driving, don't do this. I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord and say these words with me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name, I bless you. In Jesus' name, I bless you. And know this, and know this, regardless of what others may have taught you, those whom God has blessed cannot be cursed. In Jesus' name, go with God.